When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What a difference a week makes. After back-to-back defeat, Spurs are now provided with the perfect platform to bounce back. With a simple task of tackling Real Madrid at Wembley in the Champions League on Wednesday night. As we have the last word on Spurs. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! That is schoolboy's own stuff. And still Ricky Villa. What a fantastic run! He scored! guys and welcome back to the last word on Spurs. As you should know by now, you can follow us across a range of different social media platforms. We are on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. Guys, as you should also be aware, you should be able to hear us across a variety of different platforms. They include Audioboom, iTunes, Acast and Podbean. On tonight's last word on Spurs, we'll be reviewing the narrow defeat to Manchester United over the weekend. We'll be taking your questions for our very much star-studded panel. And finally, building up to Real Madrid this coming Wednesday in the Champions League. Something good to look forward to. So, let's introduce the panel tonight. I'm delighted to say first up, we have got the voice of Tottenham Hotspur, Paul Court joining us. Paul, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Ricky? Yes, not bad. Not bad at all, Paul. Wish we could have spoken better circumstances, but I guess it's just one of those things, isn't it? Okay, let's look forward, not back, shall we? Indeed, indeed. We've got also joining us tonight, making his debut from Football London, Alistair Gold joins us. Alistair, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Not bad, not bad, Alistair. And it's great to finally get you on the show. This has been like a transfer in itself, this one. (laughs) Sorry about that, completely my fault, but uh, I'm here now. You are here now. And also <laughs> join us, another debutant, free for tonight. We've got platinum season ticket holder and writer, John Ellis with us. John, how are you? Great, thank you. Recovered just about from Saturday. And plenty more to look forward to, John, indeed. And finally, last but certainly not least, we've got Jason McGovern with us. Jace, how are you? Bit down, mate. Still, still a bit down and a bit sore about the, the whole thing Saturday, but time, time for some therapy, indeed. You sound yeah. full of life, though, Jace. You sound full of life. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's hit you hard, is it? <laughs> you get used to them over the years. I suppose, you know. mate. That's what it is. <laughs> Maybe you've seen the Real Madrid team news. We're, we're going to come on to that very, very shortly. I tell you what, Paul. Let's start with you then, because yeah. weekend run done by Man United's only shot on target in a Route One move. I mean, I think we deserve the draw. A real uncharacteristic defensive lap to hand United the three points. Paul, how did you see the game? Yeah, pretty much. You just summed up exactly what I was going to say. Sorry. That, that, that's all right. There's not really much more you can say about it, is there? No. 
Um, you know, everybody's talking about Harry Kane being a one-man team. He's not a one-man team. I know it's like the situation that it was with Gareth Bale a few years ago when we really, truly relied on him. Mm. Uh, I don't think that's the case with Harry. I kind of think that maybe Harry would have scored had he been in that position that Delhi was. Uh, but you know what? It's... We're... Everybody's getting upset about it. And, of course, we're all upset about it because we want great things from this team. But we played away at Manchester United and we lost 1-0. And, you know, that's it. We'll have to get over that and move on. We've got a huge game coming up on Wednesday. Um, that's what it's going to be all about for now. I'm really disappointed. But, you know, we were done by a Mourinho game. And, and, and that's as, as long and short of it, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and Paul, I mean, sticking with you, I mean, very quickly, I mean, Spurs teams going in there in a passport, I don't need to remind you, back in the 90s, I mean, you yeah. go there probably in trepidation thinking, God, how many is it going to be? Now we go to these venues, Paul, and we're looking to not only, you know, go for the game, we want to win it. Of course we do, yeah, we do, and th and that's right, that is it, and you say in the 90s, it's even, you know, but we can go be a lot closer than that in, in time when we would go to Manchester United and then it's like, well, there's no chance, it's just, it's just not going to happen. Of course, there's the old stuff about what Roy Keane would say. And, and as Spurs fans, we'd felt the same way. We were just never going to win. So, you know what? We lost a game 1-0. It was against Manchester United. It, it could have gone better. It didn't go as well as we wanted. Yeah, let's just move on from there. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Alison, let's bring it around to you. Pochettino, he opted to go with Hummin Son up top. Loris, Oria, Vertonghen, Eriksen, Davis returned. Dembele back on the bench alongside Danny Rose. Um, I think the surprise, Alistair, was that Sanchez. I think a lot of people expect him to start. He was on the bench. Did that surprise you? What was your thinking of the game? Yeah, no, I was I was very surprised. Bearing in mind, he kind of left him out against West Ham. Looked like he was being rested. And yeah, there he was sitting on the bench. I mean, it's one of those things, though, I suppose. I think everyone was pretty much moaning about it. Kind of surprised. He'd been playing so well. You know, gone to the Bernabeu and been one of the probably standout players at the back. And then, yeah, he's not in the team. But then I suppose you look at it. And Eric Dyer, who slotted back in defence, I thought up until the key moment, yep. unfortunately, was fantastic. It's probably one of his best games for Spurs, possibly. Um, he was absolutely headed away everything, tackled everything. But it was such a strange game. I mean, we've got these two foreign managers, uh, both coached in La Liga around the world with Mourinho, and all these tactics are plenty. And it was decided by this hoof from the goalkeeper, flick on down the middle, route one, goal. Um and it just shows maybe how kind of far Spurs have come now and that the margins are so tight in these kind of elite matches. Literally key moments, wasn't it? Deli Ali puts that away one end yeah. and it's probably a completely different story. Yeah, and like you've just summed it up there. I mean, it's in the matter of minutes, isn't it? We go from, you know, possibly leading the game to then going behind. Going to come across to you, Jace. I mean, the news that Kane would be injured came from Friday. Were you surprised that the club gave United 24 hours to adjust their game plan minus Kane? Because Poch normally tries to play it pretty, you know, pretty shrewd, doesn't give out too much information. Were you surprised that we divulged that on Friday? Yeah, I was, to be honest. I thought... Um... You know, United having watched him against Liverpool and that would, would surely have have uh, developed their game plan around stopping Kane, and, which in fairness they have done for for the past three seasons. And that's why I don't think you can just blame his loss because with Kane in the team, we we haven't scored a goal and haven't really had a chance up there in, in any of the previous seasons. But um, I didn't think we needed to particularly announce that to them 24 hours beforehand, but I suppose... It was a double bluff. It was a double bluff. You see? Because yeah. if you Unless say he's not playing, they'll think, ah, oh, they're lying. He really is playing. So that's... <laughs> Whereas really, you would think he was, and he wasn't. If he wasn't, then he would be. But he wasn't. They, 
So now that, you confuse me. Did he play or not? Now, now you confuse <laughs> me. <laughs> but that was the that was that's the genius of Pochettino. You see, he is magic. He is magic. <laughs> and I, and I think just the just the overall thing. I think what disappointed me more than the result really was the just that personality of the side and that we've seen and the the bravery that we saw in Madrid. You know, we didn't take up there, and it, and it kind of felt just the same as the past few years of of nothing and um, that positivity and energy that we've had in these games. And, and in fairness, you know, we can talk about our lack of away wins at those grounds, but we've gone to City and scored twice, what, in, in three years in a row. We've gone to the Emirates and, and been the better side. We've gone to Chelsea and had good spells in a game, albeit without win. But when we go to United, it just seems completely flat. And I don't know what happens there. I know it's a hard place to go. Of course it is. But we, we don't seem to be able to even get the level of performance that we've got at some of those other big five grounds. Yeah. Let's come across to you, John. We've got a question in. We're going to try and throw you throw your guys' questions throughout the night. This is from Dan South, who says, Do you think Poch should have started Lorente and Son up top instead of Sissoko? What's your thoughts on that, John, and the game itself from your perspective? With hindsight, you could argue that he should have done. Sissoko didn't have his best game and I feel Lorente is isolated when he plays on his own so having Sun buzzing off in one side and Deli Ali the other side might have brought him into the game a lot more I think Sun for his part as a lone striker worked tirelessly and it was but it was the right decision to take him off when he did because the ball was coming straight back down to our end of the pitch at that time and and generally he doesn't score in games when he starts um, in the last 30 minutes of the match. So that, that seemed the right decision. Mm. Coming back round to you, Paul, Deli Alley. I mean, Man United's tactics in the first half, it, mean, it, it seemed like they were deliberately trying to wind him up. And we've seen Deli in the yeah. past, Paul. He's normally bitten. On this occasion, he didn't. Are we starting to see a more mature side of Deli Alley, or is that going a bit over the top? Is there still a long way to kind of see if this lad is starting to learn? What did you make of his performance, Paul? No, I think so. I don't. Th I think he'd be the first to admit he's not playing to the, uh, you know, as good as possibly he could be at the moment. Um, I think it's a good point. Is is a you mature Deli Ali? It's a maturing Deli Ali, without doubt. Yeah, he would have bitten. Uh, he was being wound up, and um, and you know when we do win the Premier League, then of course then he will make the phone call and tell them so. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair, coming around to you. I mean, it's funny, I saw one comment on Twitter, fantastic comment from Raj Barnes, who says, you never thought we'd see the day this, where Spurs would turn up at Old Trafford and Man United would have to reduce themselves to trying to kick Spurs out of the game. What did you make of those tactics in the first half, Alistair? Were they getting frustrated by Tottenham's style of play? What did you think? Possibly, I suppose the other, it's the Mourinho factor, isn't it? Mm. He kind of, he likes to almost suck the life out of games and frustrate any kind of talented players on the other team. And, He's done it before, you know, and as we were saying earlier there about, you know, going there, it seems to be a thing um, with Old Trafford. I'd say it's maybe more of a thing against Mourinho teams, especially away. He just, yeah, he will play every little trick in the book. He will get his players to sit on the likes of Ali and just constantly wind him up. But like, you know, like Paul was saying, I think that it's very much a new Delhi Ali. He's, um, there's no little kind of flick outs. There's no it, anything coming back is verbal, as we clearly saw mm, uh, yeah. with, with Ashley Young. Um, and that's fine, as long as it's not stepping over the line, as long as we're not getting like we had in, you know, at Wembley against Ghent, stuff like that. And 
he's he's grown as a player and that will only kind of benefit him going forward. What do you make of his season, Alistair? There's been a lot spoken about Deli Ali. I mean, me and Jace on this pod, we've spoken at length about Deli and maybe he's not been at the very top of his form. What have you made of his season so far? I think he's he's definitely dipped, but then as he's 21 years old, he's just had two of the probably the most sensational seasons a 19 or 20 year olds probably had in the maybe even the global game. He's just such a massive announcement onto the or certainly the Premier League stage. Um, he was always going to dip at some point. Uh, defenses were always going to kind of counter him, uh, throwing tactics to try and kind of like we say wind him up or just counter the effect that he can have on a game. Pochettino clearly is trying to, he's played him in a deeper role in recent matches, which I feel kind of has certainly kind of rejuvenated him slightly. Um, I personally, I really like him in that role. I do kind of see him as maybe a Steven Gerrard box-to-box kind of player as he gets older. But obviously he's just so lethal in maybe a more kind of on the on the shoulder or just kind of playing off of Kane or Lorente Son kind of role. But it's just a dip. It's just something all young players go through. And I suppose with Deli Ali. He's still getting goals. He's still getting involved in play, and maybe that's the mark of a you know a top class player in the making. Yeah, fingers crossed. And I think we have to remind ourselves as well, Deli Ali. It's only his third full season in the Premier League, and Alistair, you rightly mentioned there, he's only 21. Jace, want to bring it across to you. So after a shaky game in 15 minutes, we started to control the possession ourselves, and a chance fell for Sissoko. Should he have taken it, Jace? It was a it was a decent half chance, that's for sure. In a, in a game that's that's so tight where, where chances are at a premium and it was an uncharacteristic mistake wasn't it from from David De Gea when, when the ball came to him and you just thought had that gone to Ericsson you might have had that little bit more composure and, and coolness and the ability to put it in that top corner but Sissoko kind of snatched at it and it, it summed up summed up much of the game from from Musa Sissoko and I'm not so saying I'm not certainly saying it was a, a definite clear goal scoring chance because there was still a little bit of work to do but you would have hoped that he'd have at least forced a save or got a block and we'd have picked up a corner from it rather than ballooning it into the into the top tier of the into the top tier of the Stretford end that's for sure mm. but you, you kind of noticed with in the game with um you know Herrera being quite tight at times, and Matic being around tight to Ericsson. They kind of left Sissoko to have the ball in midfield, as if they thought if Sissoko's got it, he's not going to really harm us. And and that was was something that I, I did notice, and that perhaps had had Dembele played, for instance, they wouldn't have been quite so keen to allow that ball to go into Dembele that they were for Sissoko. But but the, I mean the other thing, if you notice with Sissoko, I think why why he's starting to have a few more games as well is when Aurier plays Sissoko tends to play with him and I think that's partly a cause of that when Aurier goes forward Sissoko seems to to drop in and almost cover the Aurier run and it's as if that if, if Aurier's playing they're scared of that gap that Aurier leaves and so Sissoko kind of also does that role which which not everyone sees at the time. No, I think it's a great point. It's a great point. John, come around to you. I mean, it's a half-time we go in nil-nil. I don't think anyone could fault the attitude, the energy and commitment of that first half. Second half we come out, there's been a, there's a fantastic last-ditch tackle from Ben Davis, making his 100th appearance for Tottenham. What did you make of that tackle? Because, John, you've got to say, this guy has been one of Spurs' most consistent players this season and, again, last season as well for Tottenham when he's been called upon. Yes, indeed. We were in the away end at the far end of the stadium and I have to say that when Lloris dropped the ball, we just thought we were waiting for the net to bulge. Mm, yeah. And we couldn't believe the the bravery and speed of thought for him to, to, to get across and, and cover it. 
normally it's the attacker that responds more quickly than the defender so it was exceptional yeah, uh, incredible. It really was. That, that's, that speed of thought, John, comes with regular football as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it it's, does. It's being, match, it's being match sharp at all times and it's anticipating what's going to happen rather than watching what happens and then reacting. Yeah, I think we've seen that with a few players. Um, Vorm had a run in the side last season and, and grew in confidence and then he's obviously not playing again and, and he, he doesn't do so well in the West Ham game. So, yes, you... I agree that we see it in all all, all positions on the park. Yeah, mm. Paul, coming over to you. What have you made of Ben Davies? Because you, I, know, I know you're around the the team, you know, in terms of match days. But you must think this lad—he looks such a nice guy on the eye. From what the yep. time you maybe spent with him, can you just maybe you know reassure us that's the case? Because he seems such a lovely, down-to-earth guy. Plays football the right way. Attitude is always spot on. And he yep. again hasn't let his head drop. He's been absolutely brilliant for Spurs this season and back in the last season as well. No, he is. He's as you as you uh, imagine. He's a really nice fella, and and when he's won, uh, things I've noticed is when he's come up for man of the match. Um, if we've lost, he's real. He feels it. And if there's something that he's done, I remember. I can't remember the game. I'm terrible. I remember he scored a goal, and I think we'd lost, and he, and he came up, and I said, "Well, yeah, you got to be happy." And he's and he's like. No, no, we lost. So, and he was really down in the dumps about the whole thing. And there, oh, there was a mistake that he made, and he really took it on board. And I've had it, I've, you know, all the years I've been doing it, I've, I've met sometimes, and they come up, and you think, hang on, you know, does it not, not matter to you? Do you not feel it like the rest of us do? Yeah. Um, which is certainly not the case with with the players now. I'd say that without a doubt. And Ben Davis is a he's a really lovely fella and very down to earth, completely unaffected. And um, and, that, and personally, I think there's a lot to be said for that because in these days, when you get these kids that are just given everything they possibly want and everybody around them is telling me how fantastic they are, yep. they're earning a fortune. Um, when you meet the ones that are actually managed to keep their feet on the ground, it's much more admirable than it is detestable to see someone that acts <laughs> like an arsehole. Do you know what I mean? I and agree, then, yeah, completely. And yep. that's what happens with, you know, going off a bit. That's the thing about Harry. And I, I haven't seen... Harry Kane has not changed at all. I've seen them come through and all of a sudden they get the bit of stardom and it doesn't matter whether it's football or anything else and they change. Harry Kane is the same. Doesn't change. So there's a lot to be said and there's a lot to be said for Maurizio as well who is obviously looking after these boys and making, keeping their feet on the ground because it's got to be really easy to to fall for it like Delhi as well but you know they all stay, seem to stay the same. In that regard Paul I, I was lucky enough to get 20 minutes 30 minutes with Maurizio in Sydney at, at the end of the season tour we you recall we played Everton away last game went out to Kuala yep. Lumpur and on to Sydney and right. I met him in the hotel and it was the summer of the big clear out and he's, he, he, he was humble enough to to say to explain what he was trying to do around building family values around mm. the club in the in the eye of Harry and actually Ryan Mason at the time as well yeah um, he felt that the the personality of the player was just as important, and I got the I get the feeling that when we're signing a player, he spends quite a lot of time in looking into the background with his team and actually getting to know the person to make sure that they are going to fit in. Yeah, 
Um, it's great to see Pochettino. We've discussed it already, Jace, with this book we've done. Uh, I say book we've done. We spoke to Guillaume Balaguer yesterday. And you guys have got to check that podcast out if you haven't. Fantastic podcast. That tells you everything about Pochettino the man. And I think, Paul, like you said there, he's developing such a great squad. And John's had the, the experience to meet him. Alistair, you see him on a weekly basis in the press conferences. Tell us about Poch and tell us about Ben Davis. What have you made of Ben Davis? Because I presume you see him in the mix zone sometimes as well. He seems, again, like Paul said, level-headed guy. So down to earth. Always wants to win. Yeah, Paul was spot on. He is, he's a really lovely guy. Always willing to stop and chat. Very honest, very brutally honest sometimes about his own game and the team's performance. Um, no, he's, and I think all those characteristics are why Pochettino absolutely adores him. Honestly, you can ask Pochettino about certain players and he will just very quickly go on about the team. It's a collective thing. It's a team thing. If you ask him about Ben Davies, he will go on and on about Ben Davies. He loves him. And it's because he's just a, he's the model kind of Pochettino player. Just gets his head down, doesn't complain, gives his all every match and is tactically very clever and aware and can take on instructions. And that's that's pretty much what Poch has done with. He's just kind of given him all these instructions over the last two, three years, made him a much, much better player. And I think, you know, if you could ask anyone maybe a year ago, you're going to lose Danny Rose for 10 months. It would have been disaster time. It would be sign another left back. We need another left back. Yeah. Ben Davison stepped in and the level has not gone down. It just really hasn't. He's been superb. And weirdly, didn't we have, I think a couple of weeks back, Ben Davies was Spurs' most creative player. Yeah, I think crazy. he had like most chances created. Yeah. <laughs> He's He just doesn't moan. He just gets on with it. He's kept his head down. That's, that's where you prove to Pochettino you're a player for him. If you knock on his door and say, I want to play, that doesn't actually impress him. He wants you to show on the training uh, field and every time you get any minutes on the in the match, you show him. And that's what Ben Davies has done. And and they're all, the team's profiting from it as well. Yeah. Can I ask, can I ask you a question, Alistair? Well, yeah. when you do the press conference, how yeah. many people are in the room at the time? And is it the same ones that ask the same questions and like you'd go, oh God, here they go again with another same old question. <laughs> and, and do you always make a point of making sure you get a question in? And uh, when, do, when do they get to know your name? Is you have to make a point. You have like name badges in there. How does that work? <laughs> um, I guess th there's a bunch of kind of regulars. Um, we're there, whether Spurs are playing, you know, Bournemouth, Burnley, Gillingham in the so League Cup, anything. Yeah. So we're there everywhere, kind yeah. of like the Spurs contingent. And then you get uh, various people from other companies that kind of dip in, dip out. Yeah. They'll send different people. I'd say normally the room, journalist-wise, you've got probably about 20, 30 people in there. Um, you, some... sit, you get like a regular seat now because you're regular. Only because I'm third row, second row, right in the middle. Of... <laughs> only because of my own, only because of my own weird ways, not because there's actually a name uh, badge on it or anything, but just purely I normally do sit in roughly the third row. There you just go. Just so I can get a, pretty much a up, clean... I? <laughs> What's that? I, I was pretty much, I guess, third row. And and do you? Is it hands up? Or do you just throw the throw the questions? <laughs> it's a it's a nod in the direction of the uh, the head press man Simon Felstein, and yeah. he will come to Love you. He'll give you a nod back. <laughs> okay, so then it's okay for you. And is there and and does it often happen when you get the same person going ridiculous questions and everyone like tuts around? It's like um, oh, there's sometimes Sorry. the old there's the old rolling of eyes, but. Right. The, the thing you kind of suppose you've got to understand, like I said, because there's people that aren't there every week, you will get repetitive questions. Fine. Um, you can guarantee a question about Harry Kane every single week. Of course. Um, but do you and... go in with a doozy and think, I'm not going to ask this, I've got one, and I'm going to wait my moment, and then I'm going to throw it in there? 
I, I normally like to wait to, to the end because obviously Sky get their first dibs, yeah. as it were. Talk right. Sport, uh, BT, people like that all get kind of the priority questions in first and everyone else kind of fights for the scraps of what's left. And I think kind of with, with the you know the guys I work for Football London, we don't we don't obviously obvious go for the obvious angles that everyone else is going for. So my questions kind of have to reflect that. If I just ask like, isn't Harry Kane brilliant? Don't you love him? It's it's not gonna really do very well for us because of course he loves him. Uh so yeah, I have to try and have to think of something maybe a little bit left field that they might not think of. What's your favourite Sunday cafe- confectionery or something like <laughs> Pretty that? Pretty much, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> who's got the best haircut? Yeah. <laughs> Ricky, I'm sorry, I just wanted to know what it was no, like Paul, in there. Paul, sorry, you, you, you've opened up the fibre, it's a fascination. We love it, we love it. Let's go back, Paul, man. <laughs> Paul's, just hand, Paul's just handled a press conference himself. <laughs> yes, press at the back. Yes, how far away you? We told you it wouldn't be depressing this show. We told you. Jace, going to bring it round to you. Uh, we made a double change just after that great tackle by Davis or into Exception, should I say? Um, Dembele and Lorente for Sissoko and Son. Were they the right changes, Jason? In your opinion? Well, they were certainly made. You know, people have, have, have criticised lately that the substitutions come too late, and I think we made those what 61, 62 minutes yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, an hour in. Yeah. I think. I think personally, I might have just made one of those at that stage. I'd have liked to have seen Lorente come on and play alongside Son, just to just to see if they could get some link up between the two of them, and I I might have. I might have left that 10 minutes before I'd have then, then brought Dembele on. I, I just think, you know, maybe we could have dropped Delhi back and just seen if Son could have picked up something off of Lorente. But, you know, I mean, the good thing was we tried to make the substitutions early, but, you know, sadly, they just, they, we just, whatever we seemed to do, we just came up against a dead end each time, didn't we? And uh, we couldn't quite show that urgency to go ahead and, and get that breakthrough that we needed. Mm. John, did we do enough to push for the win, do you think? And if not, why? Well, I thought the triumvirate of Ericsson, Dembele and Winks worked quite well, actually. I've got a differing opinion there to Jason. I, I thought we re-established a, an element of control in the game at that point. And we start, I thought Ericsson came into his own and was sort of the, the most dominant player on the pitch for a while, and which it culminated, of course, in, in that wonderful pass for, for Delhi, who... You know, again, like we thought with Davies clearing at the other end, we just expected the, the net to bulge, and uh, sadly it didn't. Um, I, I think we went maybe a little too much in, into the attack in the last ten minutes because right at the very right before, just before they scored their goal, Eric Dyer went marauding forward and was uh, right onto the edge of the box, and from there they got a free kick, went upfield, and of course he'd then had to get all the way back there and he was an instant late in the tack in, in getting close to Martial and I don't know whether marauding forward and uh, had a contribution in that because it was the only time he was marginally off the pace. Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Let's go around to you, Paul. Very quickly, Moussa Dembele. Now, Paul, when we can wheel him out, he's a fabulous footballer, such a delightful yeah. player to watch on the ball. Yeah. Um, are we coming to a, I hate to say this, poor crossroads with him? Because obviously these niggling injuries seem to be reoccurring and reoccurring. We've got delightful Harry Winks, who seems to be getting better and better, Paul, game by game. Is this going to be a tricky one at some point where we're going to have to make a decision on Dembele? Because, listen, there's no doubt about it. He's a fantastic player. But there's clearly, Paul, some issues with his injuries, aren't there? They're coming more and more frequent, unfortunately. I don't think we've reached a crossroads yet. There's always going to be a crossroads with every player that plays football. There's always going to be a point where, you know, it's the the changing of the guard. Someone else is always going to be younger. That's always going to be heading, 
you know, just going to be behind them and then that person will then move on. I don't think that time's come yet. I really don't. I mean, I love Moussa Dembele and I yeah. certainly don't think... I think I think we're, we're, we're spoiled because we've got the amount of players. We've now got that strength in depth that we need. Um, so I don't think it's a matter of, right, he's now going to move away and then he's going to move in. Um, it's great to have the choice. I certainly think he's he's going to be with us for a while yet. Don't you? Oh, I Most. hope so. Paul, do you know what? It's not a case that there's someone better out there for him or whatever. I know it's what you're saying. I know it's what you're a, saying. It's a worry, Paul, just the injuries because they're reoccurring sure. now. It's yeah, just, of course. It's a worry, isn't it? It's a worry. It's, of, course it's a, of course it's a worry, but, you know, well, let's stick with him and let's just keep our fingers crossed that the, everything's going to be all right with him because, yeah, it comes round and injury's always going to be a worry, but like we say, as long as we've got the cover for, for him, mm. uh, which we've certainly more than got, then... Hopefully everything's going to be all right, but it's nothing really we can we can say about that until something really bad comes along, which no, hopefully it won't. Very true. Hopefully it won't. Alistair, coming around to you, I mean, again, you and Paul very closely connected to the club. What, what do you think, Alistair, about Dembele and Winks long-term? Are we seeing possibly Winks being his long-term replacement? Because I think some, they looked at that team line up on Saturday, they saw Winks' name there, not Dembele, and thought, do you know what? Old Trafford away. Again, we've seen it with Real Madrid. He seems to be trusting Winks a lot in these big, big games. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, he has from the start. I mean, if you remember when he used to first throw Winks in, I think I remember him coming on as a sub in like the last few minutes of uh, Liverpool last season, 1-1, you know, in the final minutes. He, he's trusted the kid right from the beginning. Um, with Dembele, I'm kind of where Paul's at with him. He, he's he's still got time left. You know, he's only, was he, 30-31. He's... He, he's not, he's not a kind of pushing him out to pasture stage quite yet. He's uh, still got a hell of a lot in him. But the trouble is, I think what we're looking at, last couple of months, he's had uh, ankle injury, foot injury, and a hip injury. Um, and that's just pretty much sums up, unfortunately, Dembele's way. Just when you feel he's getting a real run and he's just reaching that kind of peak level that he finds just these kind of collection of injuries knock him down. And I've always said about Dembele, he can play an absolute blinder on the pitch. You just think it's like watching, you know, a ballerina essentially uh, in footballing terms, the way he kind of dances around players. And then he comes off and we watch him walk through the mix zone and it's like an old man kind of shuffling through. It just, he looks in so much pain. I mean, he, he admitted over the summer when we were all in America that he... Uh, he, he, he'll always play with pain. It's just, unfortunately, just a, a way that just kind of the injuries he's had. He'll always have this pain in his foot that he plays with. But he just, it's just a case of managing it. It's him managing it. It's Pochettino managing it. And I think they're still going to get a few more seasons out of him. And what a brilliant kind of role model for, for young Harry Winks to follow. Yeah, I was going to ask you there. You actually answered my next question. So you still think in your mind that we've still got, hopefully, another couple of seasons out of him? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean... You, you see the way he can still come on. He can still kind of control games. I think with Mr. Dembele, he's never going to be a guy that... Uh, it's probably never going to be a match winner. But what he does is so kind of intrinsic to the... Almost the phases of play before the key phases. You know, he creates space for others, draw other draw defenders out of their kind of natural positions to let the likes of Ericsson and Ali and even Kane, you know, <clears throat> have more space to do their work. Um, and I don't think he's going to be that affected as he gets older because his game doesn't rely on pace. It kind of relies on his mind being one step ahead of all the other guys. And hopefully, as we've seen, you know, with the likes, I know he plays in a more advanced role, but Teddy in the past, if you've got that, as long as you don't kind of get crippled by injuries, you should be able to keep playing. Okay. 
fingers crossed. Jace, wanna come round to you. So we're just over 10 minutes left. We finally create that opening for Delhi. He should have scored, shouldn't he, Jace? On that, what do you think that chance? Well, as John said, you wait for the net to bulge. Mm. On the day, you thought if anyone's going to get that chance, I hope it is it is deadly. Delhi. And yeah. once he once he got his foot on the ball, you just you thought he would score, didn't you? Did. And I think you know those. I'm sure John was up celebrating a goal, and I think most of us sitting at home watching it on our sofas were were off the sofa. And it reminded me a little bit like Harry's one in Madrid, where where he was through. You, you just expected him to score, and um, it was it was a bad miss, but. Um, you know, everyone misses one occasionally, don't they? And uh, it was just just the wrong moment. And I think you know, if that goes in, then we've all got a slightly different uh, different view on the game, and we're all we're all probably buzzing all weekend now. And and, and you know, everything in the everything is wonderful again. Then, but it just sadly, it didn't go in. Yeah, coming over to you, uh, John. Um, so Lukaku's header off the post. Also, a couple of minutes before that, it, it's a game with very, very few clear-cut chances. But again, John, we've said it before on this podcast. You know, you have to take your chances when you go away from home against these very top teams. They can punish you, which United done with just nine minutes to go. Yeah, and the the, the disappointing thing was really once United scored, we we seemed to go back in, in, inwards within ourselves and we were playing well up until that point and we didn't really create anything. I know it's a typical Mourinho side and, um, you know, they, they, they close the game out, but we, we really didn't create very much at all after that and, and that was the, the disappointment really and maybe a Harry Kane as a leader on the pitch as, as much as a goal scorer may have tried to drag the whole team forward again. Um, but it, it just seemed to fizzle out, really, towards the end, which was, as I say, a shame. Yeah, it is a real shame. I mean, coming around to you, Paul, it was our first defeat outside London since February. So a long time, Paul. But Eric Dyer, I mean, I feel so sorry for him because I think Alistair, he took the words from my script, which I was going to say, that that was one of his best ever games for Spurs. And, you know, yeah. a moment of lapsing concentration and ultimately punished at the highest level, Paul. That's the Premier League now, and everybody says, you know, you speak to people that play in it, it's just so fast. We we can't even appreciate how quick it is, and if you give someone just an inch, um, you're you're in trouble. You just can't. It's just you've just got to be on it the whole time, and it is unfortunate. Yeah, he played a great game. I thought he was really good too, but it was just it was one of those things. Yeah, and, and interesting we said about Deli Ali as well. I. I I did. I thought it'd gone in, but I don't think the chance was that clear. Yeah. I, I agree. It was a hard chance, Paul, wasn't it? Still a hard it chance. It was a hard chance. I think, I mean, in my heart of hearts, I think I think Harry would have would have got it. Mm. Uh, but it was a difficult it was a difficult one to put in. I don't think it was that easy. So, um, you know. It's Paul, should he have played it back the way it came into to do Gea's left instead of trying to let it run across him into the far corner? I don't know, he, he, he's got that thing, hasn't he, Delhi? And, and you think, is he going for the spectacular or is this the way he would do it the easiest way? I don't know. Um, and it, again, it was so quick and uh, like I'm saying, the rest of it, everything happened so fast. Um, would Do I think he should have scored? Possibly, but like we said there, Ricky, you know, it's it's half a chance. Oh, I'm never going to go, what a chance that was. I don't think it was... No, it wasn't I think a sitter, was it? It wasn't a, it wasn't a sitter. <laughs> No, no, it definitely wasn't. I think I think Harry's chance at, at Real Madrid was was one that I would have put more money on. Certainly, him scoring. I agree. But it's, 
there's going to be any half chances. And if we if there'd been goals, then nobody would even thought of that. But I think it was half a chance. I think it was a bit bit harsh, to be honest with you. Yeah. Alistair, I think, like you said earlier about Eric Dyer, just tell us what you thought, because... I was a little bit concerned and we spoke to Guillaume yesterday about the book and about the Dyer, the speculation. We had Mourinho in his press conference. I'm sure you have picked up what he said that, you know, Nemanja Matic was always his first target. You know, Dyer wasn't of interest to him. Do you think there was a certain element of risk playing Dyer in this game in terms of the speculation? Or were you pleased to see him play as well as he done bar the lapse in concentration for the goal? Yeah, I, th I think I was pleased to see him play. I think it's one of those scenarios where... I think the player wants to prove himself. You know, if anything, Mourinho's words probably fired him up. Mm. You know, why would you want Matic over me, essentially? Um, and the irony was, was uh, much was made, obviously, of Pochettino's, that little excerpt from the book, was that he thinks Dyer is a better central defender than he is a midfielder, but Dyer thinks he's a better midfielder. And ironically, his best performance probably under Pochettino has come in central defence at Old Trafford against Manchester United. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of poetic in a way, but like we say, just that one moment. And I mean, I don't want to slate him too much because I suppose you, there's a variety of factors in it. Uh, Alderald, you know, let Lukaku get the header quite easily, you could argue. Uh, Vertonghen, you could say maybe let Martial go in the first place. But then obviously Dyer, as the last man, he just he just kind of just didn't get the usual strength and physicality he shows in a challenge. And Martial was just kind of able to kind of breeze through. But no, I do. I think he I think he kind of proved... Eric Dyer is one of these players. I think maybe Spurs fans see his quality, but certainly a lot of other fans of other I clubs just agree. cannot see I it. I absolutely agree, Alistair. Yeah, so bang on with that They just point. can't. Yeah, I agree. I don't um, get it. I mean, and, like you said there, I think Tottenham fans can see it. But for whatever reason, a po well, Premier League opposition fans, they just can't see it, Alistair. Why is that? What do you think the reason is? Because he's not... Uh, he's not like a superstar. He doesn't act like a superstar. What he does isn't particularly stylish. Mm. But what he just—he just kind of just like a fulcrum, you know, in, in the <laughs> kind of whether it be in the middle of the midfield or at the back. He just—he's like a linchpin. Um, and he's actually got far more technical ability than people give him credit for. Some of the little balls he plays through the, down the channels and over the top. He's—he's he's very technically very good. Obviously, that's probably part of the Portugal education he had. Um, but yeah, he just. And he does it for, you know, all these managers that the pick in Pochettino obviously plucked him from um, Sporting Lisbon and turned him into any player he wants to be, really, whether it be in the central midfield or central defence. And obviously, a couple of England managers now, or a, a fair few England managers now, have picked him. It, there's there's quality there, but it's just he just doesn't make a song and dance about it. And I think maybe in the Premier League you have to do that or have a fancy haircut to get noticed. Yeah. He does a lot of dirty work, others don't. I think just on the goal, Rick, as well, you mm. know, we've had it, obviously, doing this weekly. We've, we see our normal scapegoats, don't we? We see if Trippier makes a mistake, everyone gets on top of him. Eric Dyer's been, been you know, taking some criticisms on a regular basis this season at times. I just think one of our players who, who never, ever gets criticised is Toby. Well, I'm so glad and you yet, said that, in, Jace. That was, I was in the last about four days... Yeah. To Toby allowed Agbonna to get away from him and score with a free header. Mm. It was Toby that was, was completely stationary on the ground when Lukaku hit the post. Mm. And Toby lost that first header. And, and no matter how the mistake of Eric Dyers was and Jan should be round on the cover, the very first mistake is Toby, who, who allows Lukaku a, a free header. And by standing backwards, not only isn't he contesting the ball, he then can't defend the ball when it's flicked on. So he, he kind of put himself in no man's land. And, and, you know, Toby is one of those, we all say, pay him what he wants. 
world-class defender, best in the Premier League, which he is. Mm. And I'm certainly not saying Toby's going through a bad run of form, <laughs> but the last two games, he's been a fraction off the 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 impeccable Toby that we see. And if you're looking at, 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 at singling out players to concede a goal, it's only fair that Toby accepts his responsibility in it as much as Jan and as much as Eric Dyer. He's certainly as culpable as those two. Well, Jason, let's stick you for a second. You know, we mentioned the word bravery. Pochettino is the advocate of that word. Do we need to show, Jace, more of it away from home against the top six sides? I mean, outside of that, I don't think there's any question that Spurs, we've shown it at Huddersfield. You know, we go away from home, we beat teams four or five. That's not a problem. But do you think against the top six, there is still a bit of that psychological, that mental side of things where we're still, we're not 100% confident? But you mean you mentioned when, earlier about the goals at City we've scored, scored. So I don't know. It's a it's a difficult one. What, what do you think? Jace? I think I think it's just at Old Trafford where we really struggle with it because, as I said, we've scored at City. We, I mean, we're unbeaten at Arsenal in what three years, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, if, if, and, you know, we've taken the lead there and we've come come got a goal with better or equalised from the with, with last year was an equaliser there, wasn't mm, it? So yeah. and um, you know we lost three two at Liverpool under Pochettino. Then we went there and drew one one where we had the better of the game in the year that we were chasing Leicester. So we've we certainly shown the bravery against all those other sides. And, you know, Chelsea last year, despite our horrendous league record at Chelsea, that first half, we were much the better side at Stamford Bridge last year. We were 2-0 up there the year before. So it just seems to be a, a, a unique problem that when we go to Old Trafford, we just seem to, I don't know, we shrink. I mean, maybe that is partly Mourinho sucking the life out of it. But two years of that was under... LVG as well and it's just the four years when you when you look at the match stats for each of those four years almost every single game is the same set of stats as as the previous one and if you looked at them all individually you wouldn't know which year was the year that you lost there you know if you see what I mean yeah, course, this yeah. year's stats could have been the same set from three years ago and you wouldn't recognize it no, it's, that's the true. frustration it's at Old Trafford yeah very true Paul gonna come out around to you so yeah Spurs, a team, you know, normally, Paul, in the past, they've never had to change the way they've played to beat us. But they are now, Paul. I mean, that's the thing we're seeing, that teams are having to adapt. They are having to find a plan B to beat us. Yes, I mean, Paul, have you saw the kind of the graphic over the weekend from Sky about the record for Poch against the top six away? There's not many points there. But Guardiola has also found it hard. But, Paul, we are seeing, as I said, teams are having to adapt their game to find a way to beat Spurs. That in itself, Paul, surely tells you this Spurs side continue to improve. Absolutely. End of story. <laughs> Absolutely mm. right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Of course, we're, we're, you know, it should be, if the league shouldn't lie, that therefore it's the big teams around us, the top six, are going to be the ones that we're going to struggle against instead of everybody else. We are going to have, we should have better results a bit against the teams that are not as good as we are. Mm. It's just it's just common sense. Um, yeah, it, it, whether it be something in their heads when they go up to Manchester United or against the other teams, you know, that, that I can't answer that. But we are going to find it harder against those bigger teams than we are against the lower teams. It really should be simple. I mean, I say that, but then again, <laughs> if it comes to like parks, the buses, a different kettle of fish altogether. But, you know, but, but I know what, but your point, Ricky, is absolutely right. We're going in the right direction. Yep. You know, if you think of all the moaning that we could have done if we'd done this 10 years ago oh, or whatever. Don't. don't. Uh, I mean, can you imagine? Can oh, you, you know, I, don't want to imagine, I don't want to imagine, Paul. <laughs> and even when I started doing this job at Spurs, and, mm. you know, the hope was still there. I, I probably don't feel any different 
now than I did then. And that's thinking we could do this, we could do that. And all Spurs fans are the same. But we were like like 14th, 15th. Yeah, uh, yeah. Whereas now we are going. We, you know, we expect to beat every team that we play. It's not going to happen. And so we mustn't be too downhearted about the fact we've lost away at Old Trafford. It's going to happen. Games are going to be lost. Uh, but it's how we respond to that. And also, let's look forward to the ones that we are going to win, which I'm sure will segue us very nicely into Wednesday. It will indeed. It will indeed. Just quickly, Rick, on oh, that yes. away record. Yeah. I think, you know, whilst our one will be held up as we've only won one, and the others have all got better records, mm. it is worth saying that Chelsea, Man City, Man United, Arsenal have actually only won one of their last 16. So we're level with them. And Man United, Man City and Chelsea have only won four of their 16. So it, it's, you know, which is obviously a lot better than ours if you've won four as against one. But it's not like anyone goes and wins two or three of those no, of every right. season. Yeah. And that Any shows you how draws? tight those games are. Any more draws? Anything else in, in that stat? If they work out, you know, they, everybody's beating everybody else. But if they worked out on wins and losses and draws, I imagine there's probably more yeah. draws than anything else. I think isn't you're there? right, Paul. They're not much far apart. I, I think that's the case. It's not much in there. I, but, you know, it's like the media will try and find the narrative, as you know, Paul, out there to try and, you know, manipulate certain things. There's not much in it at all. There really, really isn't. Um, John, very quickly going to come back around to you. So the next seven Premier League games, I hate to say this because I'm going to put the knockers on it probably, they do look winnable fixtures. You know, we've got the likes of Palace, OK, Arsenal away, but West Brom, Leicester, Watford, Stoke, Brighton. It's a good chance, isn't it? Come over to you, John, to try and, you know, put a run together in the league. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and just going back to the other point with regards mm. to Arsenal coming up, as yeah. a benchmark, five or six years ago, we dreaded going to Arsenal. Oh, Let's course. be honest. Yeah, no, I we're going there now and it's Arsenal that's dreading us coming there <laughs> that's the way it's changed that's how far we, we've come in that in a, in a relatively short period of time so I'm excited about the weeks ahead I hope Harry's going to be fit for certainly the Palace game at the weekend I'm not sure regarding Wednesday um, just as a, a comment Alistair as an alternative angle um, I'm interested in, in, in the view on Harry Kane. My, my perspective is that just before the, um, the break, he was substituted against Apoel, having scored two goals, and he was rested. He was substituted then at Huddersfield, having scored two, and the professionals and punditries in Match of the Day studios were criticising Pochettino and saying Harry wouldn't want to be taken off because he's on a hat-trick. And guess what then? We've won the game at home to Liverpool. Harry's on two goals. He doesn't get taken off and he gets injured. So I just wonder about the psychology <laughs> there. What do you think, Alistair? Very quickly on that. Yeah, well, Pochettino, he, he brought it up himself, didn't he? He made it very clear that that's yeah. exactly what people have been saying. You know, you can't have it both ways. You can't, can't blast him for protecting him and then you can't blast him for leaving him on and he picks up an injury. Yeah, I think he, uh, you know, he wants to wrap him in cotton wool as much as as much as it is a very collective thing at Spurs. Obviously, Harry Kane is such a major force for Tottenham, and obviously, and now we've got the kind of the conundrum of coming up is do you risk him against Real Madrid and possibly not have him for Arsenal away, where he's such an incredible force over the years in that game. Yeah, and you know, of the three injuries he's had in the last twelve months, two of them have come in the final moments of games that we've won. Sunderland yeah. for the tackle and he overstretched himself yep. tired minds tired limbs yeah it's great point absolutely great point what do you think Alice yeah. is going to risk him I oh, my gut tells me he will right. but personally I don't think it's quite as big a match as maybe as it could be you know, I know it sounds ridiculous because it's Spurs against Real Madrid but mm. it's not the must win game of the next few games left in the group obviously win it 
and you set up. You know, you're essentially you're almost through to knockout stages and also getting yourself a better team in the next round. But I, I, I don't know whether it's as, as necessary as it could be. But I think in terms of a global spectacle and Pochettino wanting to prove to people back in Spain and obviously back home in Argentina, he's often said that he's maybe kind of not respected as much as he could be back home in Argentina. That's the kind of game he wants to kind of see in the headlines back home. Pochettino's team win, so I'd, I'd be shocked if he doesn't risk him. To be honest, yeah, I, bet I think the other thing, I think the other thing, Ricky is that I think the other thing is that you need a little bit more game time for Lorente as well. It's not just a case of of protecting Kane. I mean, at Huddersfield, I thought we could have taken Kane off probably twenty minutes before he he came off, and that and the more time we get with Lorente on the pitch once the game's won. Because it is a different type of game that you play when Lorente's on there. And the, the, the longer we have to adapt to that, the better that Lorente will feel. Which we need him to get his, his first goal because we do need him to be a goal threat as well. And so it, it's the double edge as well. It's not just protecting Kane. It's, it's mm. giving Lorente the right opportunities and the team time to adapt to playing with him as well. Yeah, it, was, it was strange against West Ham because when we had Lorente on the pitch, we were playing the ball to feet. <laughs> Lorente went off. Sorry, and then we've started playing the ball in the air. It was <laughs> so. I agree. We've got to adapt to Lorente's style. He is a proven Premiership goalscorer. Yeah, I agree. You have to get more game time, guys. We're going to go for a very, very quick break. We're going to fit this in. Then after, we're going to spend 10, 12 minutes talking about Real Madrid. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back after this very short break. Hello, and welcome to Loan Watch, a weekly update on our players out on loan. I'd like to start this week by apologising for the quality of my voice. Uh, I've been a little bit under the weather, but I'm going to persevere nonetheless. Starting in America, Anton Walks played the uh, full game, in fact 105 minutes of Atlanta United's uh, playoff match against Columbus Crew, which finished 0-0 after extra time. Unfortunately for Anton, Atlanta were eliminated 3-1 on penalties. Uh, Anton will now return to Tottenham. In Australia, Tom Gover played the full game as Central Coast Mariners drew 1-1 home to Melbourne victory. The result leaves uh, Central Mariners rooted to second bottom of the table. Uh, in England, in the Skybet Championship, Cameron Carter-Vickers played the full game for Sheffield United as they won 2-1 at Leeds United to move to top of the championship table. Staying in the championship, Josh Onoma played the full game as Aston Villa drew 0-0 at Birmingham City in the second City derby. Uh, the result leaves Villa in sixth place in the championship table. In League One, Conor Ogilvie was a 45th minute substitute as Gillingham recorded an impressive 3-1 win away at Rotherham United. The win moves Gillingham up to 22nd in the League One table. And finally, Vincent Janssen played the full game as Fenerbahce threw away a two-goal lead to draw 3-3 at home to Sport. Uh, the draw sees Fenerbahce drop to eighth in the Turkish league. That's it for this week. I'll speak to you again next week and come on you Spurs. Hello guys, welcome back to the last word on Spurs. Guys, firstly, we want to thank you so much for all of your support recently. Uh, the show, I have to say, it's in the top 18 top sports podcast in the UK, whilst also in the top 170 in the whole of the UK for podcasts alone. So we cannot thank you so much for all of your tremendous support. Bearing in mind, we've only been going for a couple of months. Jace, do you want to say anything out there? Because um, this has been pretty overwhelming, hasn't it? It has. The support we've had since we, we restarted has, has been exceptional. And, uh, you know, we get on yesterday and, and the constant interaction from 
from so many of the of the loyal listeners. So it's, it's fantastic to have that that support, and um, long may it continue. Yeah, and guys, like we always say out there, we can't do the show without you. We're sorry if we don't get round to all of your questions. As you should know by now, Jason very kindly answers every single one of your questions. You can see the answer to your question normally on a Tuesday or Wednesday when the podcast goes live. Your question is normally answered on our Twitter page. If you want to get involved in the Spurs questions, all you've got to do is tweet us at last word on Spurs. Leave your question with the hashtag LWOS. Even if it is not on a match day, we will try and make sure we get your question answered. So guys, thank you so much for all of your support. Alistair, I want to start with you very quickly. Um, I don't know if you saw on Sunday at all, um, Sunday supplement, Ian Ladyman, who works for the Daily Mail, he made a concerning remark about Victor Wanyama that he may potentially miss the whole of the season. Um, I don't know if you know anything about this at all or if you're in the know. Can you give us any kind of reassurance that Victor will be a Tottenham? Well, we will see him again this season. Anything you can give us? Sadly, I can't really confirm it either way. Um, oh, right. Spurs are just the secrecy kind of around. Not a secrecy, that's probably unfair. It's just they're so scared of kind of going either way with injuries. Certainly yeah. Pochettino. I think they got burned with Toby Alderweireld last season. Poch said, you know, he's going to be back. It's not too bad. Should be back in a couple of weeks. And obviously ended up being something like two months. Ever since then, Spurs have just been really funny about releasing injury information. And obviously, we saw with Lamella and Rose God, and it another, just stretched it? Yeah. on and on. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So, no, I think I'm sure it's going to come up tomorrow at the press conference at Hotspur Way. There's going to be no doubt a couple of questions on that. We always get a little injury update before we go in. Probably no doubt to try and stop us asking too many questions <laughs> about injuries. Um, but it's going to be a, certainly, uh, certainly the comments. I didn't see the programme, but I certainly saw the fallout afterwards. Um, and I'd imagine it's something that Spurs will look to address anyway because... That, that's obviously quite alarming. You know, despite the fact that Spurs have now got these options in midfield to kind of cope with that, Wanyama obviously was such an important player last season. But you could tell, you could tell he was struggling in pre-season. Um, mm. When we were out there in America, he was um, he, he was training by himself in the first training session in Orlando. He didn't look quite right. Played against PSG, still didn't look quite right. They said he picked up a no another knock in that game. And then I think he was he came back, he came on as a sub against Newcastle. Started against Chelsea, and you could just see it wasn't the one armor of last season in any way at all. Um, and uh, we'll see. Well, I don't really want to go either way no, no, until no, we kind of hear a little bit more tomorrow. No, that's fine. I mean, bearing in mind, maybe when some of the guys listen to this pod, they may already know the news about one yarma. So, fingers crossed, it's positive. Fingers crossed. Paul, coming over to you, a massive game. You're yep. going to be there, Wembley. Any little secret you can give away, Paul, as a half time guest? Can you tell us? Have you got to keep us in the in the uh, in suspense? Well, you won't tell anybody if I tell you, will you? No, no, no. We won't tell anyone, Paul. We we'll won't be tell okay. anyone. Right, okay. So, so Real Madrid. We, we Yeah, well, what do you want? You're a big name, right? Yeah. So, so I'm thinking this is a big, you know, this is a huge half-time. We've got to get someone. So I said, look, what's the chance of getting us Rafael van der Vaart? Because I'm oh. thinking, you know, if we got van der Vaart oh. back, you know, played for Rail, of course. He was involved in, you know, our lovely Champions League run a few years ago. <laughs> Um, although he's playing in Denmark at the moment, um, so it looks pretty good. In fact, it is going to be. So as up to now, we were like 48 hours away. Rafael van der Vaart is coming over from Denmark. He's going to fly over for the game. He's going to come out. He's going to see. He's going to come do half time for us. Then oh. uh, he's going to fly back to Denmark. So I, oh, so excited. I can't even tell you how oh, excited. What what an exclusive from Coiti. Thank you so much, Paul. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a quick Rafael van der Vaart go on, story. Go for when, it. Go for uh, it. When um, 
he this is when we played Arsenal at the lane and it was 2-2 and do you remember he scored that penalty yeah uh, to make it 2-2 anyway he came up and he won man of the match and and, and he's great you know of course we all loved him and I was looking for, you know, I was looking for a new favorite player as well at the time <laughs> and so and he fulfilled the potential he was he was the guy so when he comes up on stage and and, and you know, usually have a you know, chat with him as I always do and um and I said to him look just be honest with me I said we you know as Spurs fans when you stepped up to take that penalty, you know, we were petrified because, you know, you know how important this is. Now, be honest with me, because you just stepped up and you just put it in the back of the net with no problem. Did you feel any nerves whatsoever? And he looked at me and he said, to be honest, I shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I put Brilliant. my arm around him. I said, you are now my favorite. I'm oh. so honest. And it was just great. So I, oh. I can't wait for uh, I can't wait for Wednesday for that. But uh, hopefully we'll be up by then. So oh, we'll fingers be... crossed. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Jason, yeah, over right. to you. A, a massive game against Real Madrid. I mean, there's been a lot of injury speculation. Gareth Bale now apparently has returned, well, a return to training ahead of the game on Wednesday. We're not too sure he's going to play. I mean, to compound their misery over at Madrid, they've had a horrendous run of form. I think they're eight points off the league at the moment. Um, they've only taken 20 points from opening 10 games. They've got... Um, uh, out, they've got potentially the goalkeeper Navas, uh, Carvalhal, they've got Varane who went off injured at the weekend Jace, what do you make of this game? It's going to be a tough one isn't it? In, anyway, whoever they play Well, let's be fair, they're not in as bad a shape as West Ham and West Ham came from 2-0 down to oh, so, don't, uh, don't. You know, let's, let's not <laughs> Real Madrid are still going to have a good side whoever they pick yep. and um, you know they're, they're a different animal on Champions League nights but, but you know we've got to take great confidence from, from the result two weeks ago I mean I would I, I said we get beat out there, and I, I fully expected us to get beat out there. Um, and yet we put in a, as I say, a tremendous performance with the, the bravery of picking two strikers. I think when that team sheet came out, all of us were like, "Wow, two mm. strikers and it's Real Madrid." But you know, it'll be interesting to see what we do tomorrow, particularly if Kane doesn't make it. And I, I think you know, when you look at the two games, Palace, without a doubt, is the is the bigger game almost this week in in terms of the, the moving forward. So. It's going to be a fantastic night, isn't it? It's the night. It's the, it's the night I've flown all the way back from Thailand to watch. You know why? You know I just could not miss Real Madrid, having having missed it last time. And mm. I've been here what six weeks in the build-up to make sure I'm here for Real Madrid. So I'm I'm buzzing for it. Can't wait. And fingers crossed, it's a, a fantastic night. Hopefully, people realise you don't have to leave ten minutes before the end of every single game at Wembley, and we stay to the end. And and you know, wouldn't it just be brilliant if we if we can get the three points and and a really famous night and have another one of those chapters to go in the the glory glory nights books that that, that we all love in, and enjoy reading? Yeah, it's been a while since we've had one well, of this nature. If we can get out over the line, John, I assume you're going to be there. What's your thoughts going into the game? You must also be very very excited. I am indeed. Uh, I have to travel down from Carlisle for midweek games, unfortunately. Oh, because that's... What a journey, God. I know, and I missed oh. the first 20 minutes of the game against West Ham, but uh, there you go, so I'm taking an earlier train this Wednesday. Um, yeah, it's, it really is very exciting. The Tottenham under floodlights at the lane on European nights are, are part of the years of me growing up, and, and I know this is not at White Hart Lane, but this is really at the higher echelons of the game um, in Europe, and it's, it really is an exciting night to behold for, for us. We're going to have a close on... Uh, full stadium the, the, I'm sure I mean I was out in Madrid and our fans were brilliant out there but I think we'll blow the Wembley roof off and any talk of a lack of atmosphere after Wednesday night will will be old news because we will make a lot of noise on Wednesday night
He will indeed. Just so you know, when so many supporters say Wembley's so hard to get away from and you've got to leave early to get away from it, and there's John who came down not just for West Ham, he came down for Barnsley mm. from Carlisle. Yep. So if you can come down to Wembley from Carlisle yeah, he was late, to the Barnsley, don't forget. He did well, tell you know, I wasn't late. only for West Ham he was late. <laughs> <laughs> only for he was bang on time for Barnsley. And as, as I say, if you can come down for Barnsley from Carlisle, that, that people that live in London region and complain about getting home from Wembley should mm. should have another look at themselves, that's for sure. I, I do live in Nottingham, though. I don't want to... Uh, <laughs> so we just, yeah, in, yeah. just in case anyone is trying to search where John lives, he's just confirmed it's Nottingham. <laughs> just in case for any misins, misinterpreters there. Brilliant. I well, love that. I just wanted to point out it's a lot easier on weekends to get from Nottingham. I don't do Carlisle at weekends as well. There you go. The commitment of the man. That can't be faulted. Alice, I want to ask you, being in the press, what is it like in a game of this magnitude? I presume you're also a Spurs fan. So when Spurs score, what is it like in the press boxes? Do you see celebrations or is everyone kind of calm, composed... Give us an insight very quickly, Alistair, if you can. Um, yeah, it's really weird, actually. Yeah, I've kind of obviously never made any kind of secret of the fact that I was a Spurs fan as well. Kind of our, our place I work for kind of encourage it in a way. Oh, right. Um, That's good. And, but weirdly, I kind of went into my first game, um, God, what are we looking at now? Everton away last year. Um, and I just, I assumed as soon as Spurs score, I was going to lose every shred of professional respect I ever had from anyone <laughs> and I was going to leap up and do something stupid but weirdly it's like something clicks in my brain and there's an internal screaming and punching in the air but it's all happening very much inside <laughs> um, and there's a little group of us um, I don't want to out anyone obviously but there are a little group of us that are kind of Spurs fans among the regulars that go and yeah it's the same among us all there's this very much keeping it to ourselves maybe when we duck in to get our halftime pies we go, oh that was fantastic wasn't it but very much yeah and which is bizarrely completely the opposite of the foreign press when you're um, when you go abroad to the games or even when they come over to to Wembley they go absolutely nuts when um, say a Spanish side score or a German side score or Italians and yeah maybe it's a British thing stiff upper lip and all that sort of stuff John Cross goes nuts when they score against us doesn't he I, I couldn't possibly comment on that <laughs> <laughs> Well, tell you what, let's go back to you, Alistair. Let's get your prediction for the game, if you can give us one, if you're brave enough to give us one. Oh, man, honestly. Whenever I predict, they go wrong. So I, well, I, I won't do a do score. A, do, a, do an opposite. I will okay. You. okay. Um, but I'll just say, in terms of the match itself, uh, I just think so many players are going to be up for it. It's going to be it is going to be such a night. I mean, if we try and ignore or forget that West Ham ever happened, if we can bottle kind of the atmosphere and the way the team played at Wembley against Dortmund, against Liverpool a couple of weeks ago, um, just do something like that. A little bit of the Bernabeu spirit as well mixed in there. And oh, honestly, there's so many players that just know the world's eyes are on them when you're playing Real Madrid. They've just got to go out there and do it. There's absolutely nothing stopping them doing it. They've got all the talent in the world. I don't want to... Bearing in mind, I'm not saying any of them should be playing for Real Madrid, but what I'm saying is that a lot of players in our teams could play for Real Madrid, so they know they're at that level. He's going to say 7-0, isn't he? He's going to say 7-0. Go on. <laughs> I, I, I refer, no way, because it'll go completely the opposite way if I do. No way. Um, but no... No, they're, um, it should be a fantastic night of football. And I'm really looking forward to it. And like you say, it, almost, it should be a, a full house, I would expect, yeah. as well. I've got to say, Alistair, I love the way you can see you've been to press conferences. The way you worked yourself out of that was absolutely brilliant. I thought, <laughs> the way you it was worked... shocking. It was disgraceful. <laughs> Come on, let's get a 
be? You tell him, Troy. <laughs> and I can't, on, on, stuff. I can't even use the, my English isn't very good like Poch does oh. as well to get out of it. <laughs> Courty, come on. I know you're going to be brave. What do you think, Paul? Right, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Mm. Um, we're going to hit the ground running. It's okay. going to be, everybody's going to be so pumped up. It's going to be unbelievable. We're going to hit the ground running. We're going to score within 10 minutes. Oh. Then we're going to score another goal. Uh, I reckon within 20, we'll be 2-0 up. They will score just before half-time. Makes Typical feel a little Tottenham. bit wobbly. Typical Tottenham, yeah. Then we get the third, halfway through the second half, and that's how it will stay. 3-1 to Spurs. There you go. And you can probably get some decent bets on that. That's uh, Coity's tip there. He's special. Thank you very I, much I for that. One. And then, afterwards, <laughs> all the other fans... Well, then from other t teams to be going, oh, yeah, but Real Madrid had so many great players out, didn't they? You know, they could, yeah, Varane was yeah. out, you know, they sort of play. That's going to happen. But we are going to win the game. We're going to win the game 3 1. There you go. You heard it from the voice of Tottenham. So when he's speaking, you have to listen. Jace. If this in... goes, sorry, one thing, Ricky. <laughs> this goes out after the event. Can we just take this bit out? And I'll just say lots of different scores, and then you can put that back in again. Is that all right? I'm 40, Courtney. It's going live 7 a.m. tomorrow, as in today. Oh. But I do apologise. I'm sure, Paul, you've given, us a, you've given us many, many more options there. We can get it right. We'll, we'll try and fix it, if, if not. <laughs> okay. All right. Jace, coming out of you. Are you brave enough to give us a prediction? I'm brave enough, but you won't like it. Oh, dear. <laughs> Move on. Move on. Uh, I'll go 2-1 Madrid <laughs> okay. with, that, with that horrible Portuguese to uh, to turn up on the night and uh, just stick a bit of a knife into us, but mm. you know I, I think it we we'll play well. I, I expect it to be a, a really good, entertaining game, and, and I, I certainly don't expect us to be outclassed or anything. But uh, and a similar type of game to the one in Madrid, but I just think they'll they'll just they'll just have that a little bit too. It's Real Madrid, mate. So mm. you know they're the best side in the world for me, and, and that's why I say that the head says they'll they'll just about nick it. You've come all the way. You're coming all the way over from Thailand for that, then. <laughs> come on. I know. I mean, to, to like bring us back down to earth, honestly. To like bring us back down to earth. Couldn't make, couldn't make it up, could you? Couldn't make it up. John, can you leave us on a high, John? Well, what I would say is that we've got exactly the same record as Real Madrid in the in our respective leagues. Twenty points from ten games. I think we've got the same goal difference. Mm. We're eight, both eight points off the top, and we've got exactly the same number of points and. Goal difference in the Champions League, so I'm going to go for a draw. Okay, there you go. Mirror image there, mirror image. Joe, I'm going to put my neck out. You're going to you with me on this? Paul, Joe, I am going to put my neck out. I think I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go 3 1 Spurs. I think it's going to be a very, very special night. And Paul, you gave us the exclusive of who's going to be there. I think that is as well is hopefully going to play a pivotal factor into it. I think the crowd have to be behind the players on this one, don't they, Paul? I mean, very quickly, Paul, how have you found the transition yourself and the, from the fans as well? Do you think we're getting a bit more acclimatised to it now? I say that because you are, we are seeing results slowly pick up, bar West Ham. Yeah, I think so. I think the players are. I think we all are, aren't we, really? I mean, it's not this, you know, we're all going to still walk around going, oh, I don't miss the lane. There's that. Because we've been there all their lives. Mm. Um, it's never going to be the, the perfect place to go to but it's the best under the circumstances and then next year we'll be going into the new place but yeah I think we are I think we're all getting used to it I think it's not just a play I think we all are us that work in there I think fans are um yes it's not the perfect answer uh but um, well I suppose it is really considering <laughs> we're 
what we've got coming. So, you know, what do you all think? Do you think so? It's all right getting used to it? I think so. Alistair, are we on track, do you think, for this stadium? I don't want to put the, uh, put the pressure on you. What do you, what do you think? What do you think? Are you building? Oh, I, haven't, I haven't heard anything to suggest otherwise. You know, it, everything I've heard says it's on track. They had the NFL looking around it today as well, um, saying that the partnership definitely starts next year. I think with all the pressures on them, getting there for the Premier League, get the NFL deal up and going, I think the contractors must be, you know, they'd be so heavily fined, I'd imagine, if it doesn't get there on time. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm confident it will. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, I, I think we're getting familiar with the surroundings of Wembley, with, with the people that get together in the pubs before the games at White Hart Lane have now worked out where they're going to meet at, um, at Wembley and where they're going to have a pre-match bite to eat. And we've, we're getting used to our roots in and out of Wembley and the people around us. And, and I, I feel that it's just becoming more familiar. It's a little bit like renting a house for a year ahead of having your new house built. It'll never be completely home, but you make it you make it as homely as you possibly can. Is there a fast train in from Carlisle, John? Is that easy to get to? I have to tell you, there is. There I mean, is. From Carlisle to London is three hours eighteen, which is not yeah. too bad. It's five hours door to door. But to, as I say, I go I go back to Nottingham afterwards. So I take my hat off to you, sir. Well I, done. I, think, John, I think we're going to say it's five hours after defeat rather than the three at the turn of the time. Yes. But um, <laughs> fingers Feels crossed. Like I bet, I bet. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, it will feel a lot quicker on Wednesday night. Guys, an absolutely massive game. Paul, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you for having me, boys. Honestly, thank you. really, really good. Alistair, thank you also for making your debut tonight. It's been, again, a real pleasure having you on the show. No, same here. An absolute pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're a top man. And John as well, another debut. Three in a row tonight. Thank you. A hat-trick, eh? A hat-trick, a hat-trick. Thank you, Stay on on Wednesday and get one. <laughs> <laughs> and Jace coming to you. We're going to be back on Thursday night, aren't we, Jace? Fingers crossed, talking about a win. Yeah, we'll be we'll be back Thursday. Fingers crossed with a win. But and anyone who wants to come and give me a punch in the torch for for predicting a Madrid win can can do so Wednesday before the game. Yeah, I think there's a queue for that, Jace. So um, we'll look forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, one one thing we should say about the supporters. I'm delighted to see that that Tottenham have, have found the two idiots that were involved in the. The rather unseemly thing against West Ham last week, and I understand they've got a life ban. So, mm. you know, we certainly don't need people like that in the stadium and, and and ruining things for everyone else. So that's that's good news from Spurs officials today. Yeah, good to see the club acting on that. So, guys, as we said, we're going to be back Thursday night, hopefully discussing a result against Real Madrid. Coity bringing out a very special guest. So much to look forward to. And as always, come on, you Spurs! Podcast Network.